Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Headline. U.S. News. ICE agents detain man driving his pregnant wife to the hospital. Kyle Griffin. ICE detained a man while he was driving his pregnant wife to the hospital. He was taken when they stopped for gas. My husband needs to be here, Maria del Carmen Venegas said. He had to wait for his son for so long and someone just took him away. Of course, he's with MSNBC's last word. Also, Amy Skizgen, another reporter. Oh my freaking God, ICE agents detain a husband as he was driving his wife to the hospital so that she could have his baby. The cruelty and inhumanity of this regime. CBS Los Angeles headline, ICE detains man driving pregnant wife to the, to the hospital to deliver baby. The Independent headline, immigration agents arrest man while he's driving his pregnant wife to the hospital. Los Angeles Times, ICE agents detain a man en route to hospital with his pregnant wife in San Bernardino. Man, this is this is ridiculous. I mean, when you first read that, what what are you what are your first thoughts? I mean, it's it's like, oh my gosh, he was taking his pregnant wife to the hospital. Did she deliver at the gas pump when he when they arrested him? Did she deliver inside the gas station? Those evil ICE agents, you know, spraying brown people in the streets with their ho- with their hoses like Bull Connor making those nomadic migrants sit in the back of the deportation bus. Oh, but there's some interesting sidebar to the story. You know, uh, what they wouldn't want you to know is that the father, detained by ICE while his wife was supposedly on his way to give birth, was wanted by the Mexican authorities on a warrant for his arrest for murder. Yeah, that's an interesting detail left out. You got to get to paragraph six of the CBS Los Angeles uh, uh, news report to get to those pertinent details. That's below where the emotional left and your average, uh, you know, uninformed individual reads. They don't go that far. They go with the headlines. And this is precisely why the news media has earned the title fake news. Omitting pertinent details, cherry-picking the parts that build a BS narrative, crafting misleading headlines... Social media, that's allowed us a way to crowdsource the truth, and which is why they're trying to shut us down. And you know what the biggest thing that I've noticed is? You know, they're demonetizing all these conservatives, and it's over the content. You, do you know that you can mo- a whole family can monetize their entire income based on a toddler on YouTube posting videos of him playing Fortnite and other freaking crazy video games? But speaking about American values and limited government gets you deplatformed and demonetized? I mean, my son watches this Evan Tube kid. He's out there playing Fortnite, and then they're doing videos of them taking vacations to Disney Resort cruises because they made so much money off YouTube over him playing a video game. But hey, don't be talking about American values. Don't be talking about patriotism. We're going to demonetize you. You know, while we're removed from the conversation because of our beliefs, and demonetized for our ideology, the left is failing to mention the pertinent facts. She didn't give birth on the gas station floor while the dad was detained. She was driving to have a C-section. 
a scheduled C-section on the taxpayer dime, no, no less. I mean, <laughs> you know, you reporters have floated along for eight years with faulty journalism, misreporting, to the point that you've forgotten how to report. It, it's simply amazing. But this is, this is a long cycle, and I've talked about this cycle before, but I think I really need to get in-depth on it. This is a cycle that has happened for quite some time. Only now you don't have a government administration supporting you. Think about Trayvon Martin. When Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman, when that happened, where George Zimmerman, he was reported as the Hispanic Caucasian. I don't remember when I filled out the last census form or applied for a job where you had to fill out the Hispanic Caucasian versus Hispanic or versus Caucasian. But, you know, that was part of the narrative crafting. What you heard about was a white Hispanic, which does not exist, pulled a gun on a black kid getting Skittles. And there was a picture of him. He looked like he was like 10. Looked like a baby. And, you know, when that happened, I started seeing these reports. I'm going, what person pulled a gun and killed this 10-year-old kid? And then you see things like Obama... You know, the president comes out and says, well, if I had a son, he would look like Trayvon Martin. Yeah. Okay. But that's when the real facts come out. The fact that he was dealing drugs, the fact that he was 18 and didn't look a thing like that picture. He looked like part of Mob Deep or, or you know, part of uh, Wu-Tang Clan. Tatted up, you know, buff dude. And apparently, you know, George Zimmerman's watching him. He didn't like the fact that he's being watched. So he goes over and attacks him, gun goes off, and he's dead. That was the real story. But no, we had to make it into this, you know, attack on black people because America's racist. That was the premise for all the news stories that the news media went with. Then you got Michael Brown. Yeah, remember that? Unarmed black kid. They said he was down on his knees, hands up in the air. Hands up, don't shoot. And he was executed by a cop. Because the cops are racist and they're evil and all that. We had football teams coming out, holding their hands up in the air, in support of hands up, don't shoot. And again, we have the president sticking his nose in. And then full city blocks burned to the ground and cops all across the country are being sniped over the lie of the media. It's just like Eric Garner, same thing. Oh, he was choked out and died. No, he had a heart attack. But you left out that fact, and you got more cops killed. How about the Ahmed the Clock Kid? In fact, my first show was done around that time, and it, it really stemmed from this cycle. I opened up my Twitter account, and I'm looking through, and I, I'm seeing these things about some you know, Muslim kid being suspended for a clock. And it just keeps rolling through. Another thing about a Muslim kid and a clock. Another, and I'm like, what in the world is happening with this Muslim kid in the clock. And then, of course, Obama sticks his nose in it again. Hey, Ahmed, nice clock. Then you got all these people going on. And, hey, you want a job at NASA when you graduate since you made this tremendous clock from scratch? Hey, how about a meeting at the White House? Oh, let's take a look at that clock. Yeah, it was a countdown clock in a pencil case that looked like a bomb. It had wires hanging out. When I saw the picture of it, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That is textbook bomb. That is bomb that MacGyver would make. That is a bomb that you would see in every movie that they always pull the cord 
at the three seconds or less mark. They always disarm it with, deet, deet. oh, you got it just in time. But the news media wanted to call Islamophobia. They said, okay, everybody's afraid of uh, you know, Muslim kids and, and Muslim people because of terrorism in the news. So when we get an incident like this, let's just say he was suspended for a clock. But the real details came out that he showed up with the clock and the teacher looked at it and said, hey, Ahmed, that's a nice clock. You may not want to take that around the school. How about you put it in your locker? Oh, no. He had to show it to everybody. He went from one class to the next class, even classes that didn't have anything to do with science or any sort of engineering or, you know, walk into a math class or an English class with this clock that looks like a freaking MacGyver bomb. And the teacher that sees it goes, "Ah, I don't know what's going on. This kid looks like he brought a bomb in here. Had nothing to do with his religious faith. But that's that's the media cycle. They pick their topics to enrage people against a side, you know, illegal immigrants being deported because the left wants to, you know, a new disparaging group of individuals as a voting block. You know, now that black unemployment is extremely low and they're they're moving to the right politically because they kind of like Trump, they need to be replaced. So after the topic is chosen, you have politicians support the topic that you chose by constantly speechifying about it. And then any opportunity you're given to loosely report an incident to make it seem more legitimate to you with no regard for your credibility, no regard for the fact that you might destroy your credibility in the process of it, you're going to go ahead and report these things, leaving out pertinent facts. And then Hollywood's going to chime in to condemn the fabricated injustices at award shows as they circle J each other for praise This is why there's such a push to hijack the sports world, to get influencers, you know, sporting uh, heroes, those who have an influence on your kids or other people to make them feel as though you're less of a human because you're not in alignment with the views of of your sports heroes. So let's kneel for the national anthem over racism and police brutality when race relations, at least until the Obama administration, were at its best in years. And there's no concerted effort by the police to simply attack black people. Sorry. It's why they're trying to infiltrate country music and the country music scene for the same reasons. Let's call for gun control and get people like the bro country singers who wear baseball caps instead of cowboy hats and wear a guitar around their neck that they barely strum to lead the charge. You know, they got to harass you in the areas of escapism that we all congregate in and enjoy because we simply want to take our minds off of these things. The left believes that being woke is constantly enraged over anything you're thinking You're more informed than everyone else because you listen to NPR or some other CNN-style propaganda mouthpiece for the progressive left. You're more woke than everyone else, and you're awake to all the injustices of the world when really you're just outraged over every little thing. You're buying the propaganda. That's not being woke. You know what? If that's being woke, I want to be slept, okay? I don't want any parts of just being indoctrinated by fake news where they come out and say, oh, pregnant woman, her husband was arrested by ICE. Well, he was a murderer, and she was going to get a C-section. Oh, and she had a ton of other babies. They've had babies in the past. They've got a slew of babies, anchor babies. So chain migration keeps them there, and they can bring more family members in. The problem is, we have an issue with immigration. The news media doesn't agree with that. They want open borders, and they're going to craft news stories to back their side. By the way, tweet at the show at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade Show. Back in a second. 
This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. So we've been talking about the media narrative crafting, especially with the ICE agents taking a guy from his wife who's pregnant at the gas station and leaving out all the juicy details about how he's wanted for murder and how his wife has like five other babies that are anchor babies and how she wasn't given birth in the gas station or at the gas pump or in the car, but she was on her way for a C-section. So that is how they, they, they take a premise. They take something like, okay, we don't like, we like open borders. We want immigration. We don't care if they're legal or not. We hate cops. We don't like the fact that cops are, are being authoritative in their role as they should, you know, being someone that is upholding the law. And we also don't like guns. And we want to paint a picture of racism in the country. All of these different premises. And what they do is they find stories that show up in the newswire, and then they report them from an angle that supports their narrative, their premise. So they go, okay, the... ICE agents are evil and we need to abolish ICE. So we're going to start making stories about how ICE is just randomly picking up people and taking them away from their kids and all types of injustices. Oh, we don't like uh, the cops and we want to show racism as being, you know, pr uh, pr racism is prevailing in the country. So we're going to have all these stories coming about unarmed kids who are black getting killed by cops. It's ridiculous. But that's where social media comes into play. A lot of people want to talk about the downside of social media, but the upside is the fact that once a narrative, a fake headline is issued and loosely reported events are being peddled to fortify their lies, the real meat and potatoes of the story over time begin to seep out through the crowdsourcing of us. You know, that's been the media's, you know, Achilles heel. They can't overcome that and it bothers them. You know, we begin to crowdsource true ingredients of what actually happened. And after a week of the media's fake outrage and BS headlines and constant pushing of the lie, we are on the other side with a full account, a big picture, a full scope of the truth, and they couldn't be further from it. And that destroys their credibility. Almost every time the justification behind the rationale found in the full account of a story is finally brought to light, and it ruins their talking points every time. It's about this moment when they're off to another cycle. That's where the drive-by thing comes into play. But thanks to social media, at least for a while, they've now had tons of people get online, find the truth, and what's even worse is the people take the truth, they take the details that are omitted, and they use them in a way to mock those in the media, and that makes them really livid. <laughs> but I've been a part of that myself. I mean, they're, we're provided a grassroots account of the truth, and then we get to throw it back in the media's face in real time. And when someone in the bully pul pulpit of someone say, like, uh, what, a President Trump? You know, when he tweets out the same account of the truth and also joins in on the mocking of the media for its misrepresentation of the details, that just pushes the media over the edge. You know, but then that's where the regulators of social media to help the left, to help the progressives, and to help the media start their shadow banning. Headline, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey wouldn't commit to a timetable for cleaning up the social media run site 
uh, the overrun of abuse and spam, saying it will be a long-term effort. Well, they did start the conservative purge, and that is underneath the term conservative. That purge is underneath the term abuse. So they want to blanketly call what we think is our, you know, God-given rights and small government and limited government and, uh, you know, government overreach being something that bothers us. They're going to use those talking points as abuse and hate. I mean, trolls with 20 followers go tell us to go die, MFers, and are regularly left to their own devices on Twitter. Nothing happens to their accounts. While those outspoken about conservatism are suspended, those critical of radical Islam are censored and have posts removed. They suspended Brigitte Gabriel, who was someone who was directly affected by a female genital mutilation. She's suspended from Facebook for criticizing a terrorist training camp leader, Sir Haj Wahaj, that we talked about last week, or the week before last, actually. Pamela Geller, the one who hosted the Draw Muhammad event in Texas that, you know, gunmen showed up and, and was taken out. She was demonetized by YouTube. They're throwing Twitter users who are outspoken about political ramifications of Sharia law in Twitmo or banning them completely. Prager University, Dennis Prager's outreach to the, to the youth through instructive videos. Yeah, they were shadow banned by crafted algorithms. Some of the videos had zero views. You're going to tell me Dennis Prager and Prager University with everyone involved didn't even have like, you know, somebody's brother who worked on the video click on it once. I mean, come on. Zero views. Meanwhile, they media goes out and hires at the New York Times this lady, Sarah Ching, whose Twitter account was littered with racist tweets about white people. She gets verified and then she has since scrubbed her account in the juxtaposition for this is hilarious. I'm telling you, like when you have tweets that were out and about, basically, I mean, look, listen to some of these tweets. Dumb, uh, blah, blah, white people. Can't say because I'm, I'm going to be making this a family-friendly show. M marking up the internet with their opinions like dogs peeing on fire hydrants. Are white people genetically predisposed to burn faster in the sun, thus logically being only fit to live underground like groveling gobble goblins? Oh, man, it's kind of sick how much joy I get out of being cruel to old white men. I dare you to get on Wikipedia and play things white people can definitely take credit for. It's really hard. White men are BS. No one cares about women. Number three, you can, you can threaten anyone you want on the Internet except cops. Those are some of the tweets she had before. Then she scrubbed her account. And these are the tweets we get now. Nothing like a cool glass of water on a warm day. Great picture of a glass of water by a wooden fence out on a country back, back porch. Don't forget, fall is just around the corner. Yeah, that's she's verified now. Underneath that is her propensity to want to tweet something about how that glass of water was racist for being clear and being on the white spectrum of, you know, the color scheme. But, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so they, they hire these people. But we're removed for the from the conversation because of our beliefs. And we're demonetized for our ideology. The left is failing to mention the pertinent facts of stories. They're outright leaving details out and then haphazardly running with it and then possibly even misreporting it on purpose. The details come out through social media and we win. I mean, that's the information war. And on the other side of the break, we're going to get into the economic war and 
the spiritual war. Because it's really insane what the left is doing, what they've been doing. Their war on information isn't just through social media. It isn't just through, you know, through, um, through the media misreporting. It's also through academia. You know, they want to fill your heads, your kids' heads with lies. And the degrees that they offer are worthless degrees. So you're paying to have your kids go to these colleges to learn all of this Marxist BS, all this propaganda about toxic masculinity courses and courses about how, you know, uh, feminism uh, needs to be lauded and, you know, gay rights studies and all of these ridiculous courses that won't get you a job. You know, you're, you're going to have to fight for that racial inequal, um, equality position with Google. You know, there's not a lot of those out there. Not every organization, not every corporation out there is going to hire a racial diversity czar or whatever you want to call it. So you're going to go to these colleges. You're going to be indoctrinated with this stuff. You're going to receive the fortified messaging of the media on your off time when you think you're being woke and learning about the world. And you're also going to have less opposition on social media because people like ourselves who are doing the research to learn about the real injustices and the real treading on our individual liberties and natural rights are being shoved out of the public square. So we need to think about the other aspects of the war that the progressives are waging upon us. And we'll get into that here on the other side of the break. Don't forget, you can tweet at the show at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade Show. Back in a moment. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. Welcome back. So we've been talking about um, the information or disinformation front that the media is helping the left craft with the way that they misreport, leave out pertinent facts, what have you. And a great juxtaposition this week goes back to the story I was talking about at the beginning of the show that happened over this past weekend where ICE agents took away this pregnant wife's husband because he was an illegal immigrant while she was on her way to the hospital to deliver their baby, even though he was wanted for murder and she was going to a scheduled C-section, you know. So, yeah, those kind of facts are necessary to make the big picture. But we have this situation with... Molly Tibbetts, of course, she was actually missing for quite some time. And it came out that they found her remains and they also found who was responsible for this situation. Well, his name is Christian Bina Rivera. Yes, he lives. Uh, well, he's an illegal alien. Let's just get to that. He's an illegal alien. And he ended up killing this girl, this poor, cute little girl. And, you know, now the media kind of was, this is how it was going. It was funny to watch the roller coaster ride on this uh, horrific incident with the way that they decided to give it the Kate Steinle treatment and let it fade out. You know, yeah, he's a little illegal alien. We can't let that come out. Or an undocumented immigrant, nomadic migrant, whatever fluffy term they make, you know, breaking the law a little bit easier on the palate for. But come to find out, yeah, he was an illegal alien, and so the story started to fade. Oh, wait a minute. We did some research. 
which we barely do. Oh, he was a farm worker at an Iowa GOP politician's farm. Oh, so now the story started to elevate again. Oh, wow, look at this. We can now knock some GOP people around with their, their squishy stances on illegal immigration because they hired this guy to work on his farm. And then the story changes again that he passed the E-Verify, you know, uh, screening background check. Even though he was an illegal alien, I don't know how he pulled that off. So the farm went through the E-Verify site through Homeland Security and verified that this guy could work in the United States, even though he was an illegal alien. So then the story started to dissipate. Yeah, we can't have that out. Goes back to the dustbin of history. Circular file, that thing, 86 it, we're done. And that's how the media operates. And, and no one realizes both sides are on this illegal immigration kick because the, the left wants this disparaged voting block. They want this you know, underclass that they can just bring in and that are automatically going to vote for all the welfare programs and the Santa Claus goodies that Ocasio-Cortez and uh, Bernie Sanders and that wing of the party are looking to do. But then the GOP squishy rhinos, they want that cheap labor. You know, they want to be able to hire jobs that Americans won't do. They need to fill those jobs with people that will do the work. Well, what they've effectively done is they placed our national security at risk. Your security, my security, your families, that's all at risk over their stupid, you know, their, their wants and gains their stupid goals, but then on the same time, they've also driven the market down. They have driven the price of labor down by bringing in people that will do those jobs below the market wage, and they're going to send that money back to Mexico. They're going to wire it back Western Union style, and next thing you know, their family is living high on the hog in Mexico, while our you know kids who would have done entry-level jobs at some of these farms, well, they're, they're not going to work there. And they're too entitled to think that they should because, you know, they got a college degree in, in racial diversity or some crap like that. But, but see, that's what we're dealing with with the information campaign. One story, they've cherry-picked all the details. And the other story, they've kind of propped it up and then let it die and then, you know, propped it up again and now they're letting it die. And so one of the things that we have to be aware of is the fact that one of the things that I think as far as that story goes, you're going to see them just completely keep that story in the news, minimize the illegal immigration aspect of it, but focus on the GOP Iowa farm and totally gloss over the E-Verified portion. But so that's what we're watching. And this is the information war they're waging on conservatives. How about the economic warfare angle? Shopify banning the sale of weapons and guns. You've got Citigroup denying the authorization of transactions to purchase guns. How about Robert Spencer? And I'm not talking about the white supremacy Richard Spencer. I'm talking about Jihad Watch, Robert Spencer. Great guy. Follow him on Twitter. He's been demonetized. MasterCard will not allow him to accept payments through his site. Stripe, the monetary go-between that many use to monetize their web traffic, is dumping conservatives. And then you got the boycotts. Trump says something nice about Nathan's hot dogs and the CEO, who's, I guess he supported him. And now everyone has to economically cripple Nathan's hot dogs. Seriously. Even Questlove from The Roots and Jimmy Fallon show, he chimed in to add his two cents to the whole narrative. 
By the way, on an interesting side note, things fall apart from the roots. Hip hop masterpiece. I don't even care if you agree with their stance on Nathan's hot dogs. Go listen to Things Fall Apart and you'll be amazed. From beginning to end, it is a hip hop masterpiece, in my opinion. But back to back to politics and the, the war of the left. The economic front and the information front are only a few of the lines of battle that are being waged. I believe it's bigger than that. We're in a spiritual war. Whether or not you believe in in Christianity or believe in a higher power, this is a spiritual war. I mean, why is it that the transgender community and the homosexual community, why are they teaming up with the political jihad of Muslim extremism in our country? Why would they do that? Why is female genital mutilation being interpreted in the news as the same as, you know, it's like circumcision? No, it's not. No, not even close. Why is the cries of Allah Akbar, whenever there's any attack, why are they always reporting it simply as, as somebody saying, well, you know, God is great, you know, because the God of Allah is the same as the God of Christianity, but they just, you know, call them different. No, it's not. You're wrong. And not only that, quit reporting it that way because it doesn't, it means much bigger than that. But you have abortion activists praising that they're calling for the eradication of Down syndrome by killing all the kids in the womb who are being diagnosed as possibly having it. Chelsea Clinton praises abortion, this is amazing, as bolstering the economy. She's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's really helped the, the, you know, the economy. <laughs> what, what did she say? It was unbelievable. She said, the net new entrance of women... That is not disconnected from the fact that Roe became law of the land in January of 1973. It is not a disconnected fact to address this T-shirt of 1973 that American women entering the labor force from 1973 to 2009 added three and a half trillion dollars to our economy, right? (laughs) Yeah, so abortion helped the economy, according to Chelsea Clinton, who has you know, the mental capacity of a, of a box of rocks. We got Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Yeah. The CGI Hulk in all the Marvel movies. He praised his mother for getting an illegal abortion for $600 to kill his sibling. That's evil. That's straight up evil. That's where the spiritual war comes in. In Canada, 766 babies were alive after botched abortions, but instead of doing something to help them out, you know, give them a little a little assist. They left them to die. And somehow, comedians are out there trying to make punchlines out of abortion, trying to make it into a funny joke. And luckily, the funniest thing to happen to Michelle Wolf's show that was on Netflix was that it was not only canceled in its first season, but they all found out about the cancellation on Twitter, <laughs> which to me, that was the funniest moment of the entire season. And some were actually cracking good jokes. They said Michelle Wolf's Netflix show was terminated in its first trimester. But even with small victories like that, the larger war wages on, like Portland ice cream makers making an abortion-flavored ice cream in attempts to normalize it. So it wasn't, you know, the flavor of abortion. But I guess, you know, killing babies comes not only in a punchline, but an ice cream flavor. Again, it didn't taste like abortion, thank God. But, you know, it makes you wonder, uh, 
when is the flavor for Cecil Richards Lamborghini uh, less than crunchy crunch coming out? You know, it's crunchy, but in a less crunchy way. Christian Baker's being attacked constantly. I mean, on a continual basis, we get a gay couple suing a cake baker because he doesn't want to use his talents to customize a cake for a ceremony that goes against his religious beliefs. The Supreme Court said that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission couldn't discriminate against his religious beliefs. So when that doesn't work, what happens next? We have a transgender individual who's also an attorney, by the way. Hmm, interesting. Sues the same cake baker for not making a coming out cake, which was blue on the outside, pink on the inside. See, this is why everyone was so concerned about the Supreme Court redefining what marriage is. Because now it's a battering ram against Christianity. It's not a battering ram against Islam. They're teaming up. It's not a battering ram against Buddhism or Hindu. Um, it's always focused on Christianity. And they always tend to want to go on the assault and pick a fight with the Christians. Is there only one cake baker that could have been, you know, used for the gig? You could have hired a different cake baker? No, you had to continually target this one and make him a scapegoat by the left. And it was because he didn't buckle. He didn't back down. In fact, he's going to retaliate with a lawsuit. Good on him. He stood up like the person signing off at the marriage certificate in uh, Kentucky. I think her name was Kim Davis, right? And they only targeted him continually because he stood up for something that was wholesome. They despise wholesomeness. They want to be the bull in the china shop of the Norman Rockwell photo. They want to be the Roman candle put in the middle of the Andy Griffith show. They want to be the ones ball gagging and whipping their submissive partner on the set of Dick Van Dyke's show while they're pushing the two beds together because they want to make a scene and they want to be lauded as the one who initiated the scene and they want to do it to cause discomfort to those whose religious beliefs they, dear, they hold dear to their hearts. They despise your religious beliefs and they view them as subhuman and second rate. And they automatically believe that your religious ideology is bigotry. And now that's why we have progressive churches out there serving beer in the morning, which you can drink beer. I mean, you know what? There's nothing in the Bible that says you can't. There is something that says don't be a drunkard and don't be abused to it and make it a God. But the fact that they're taking their proceeds and donating it to Planned Parenthood that they're back in LGBTQ, it's amazing. And they're, they're, they're supporting climate change because God said you had to be a good steward of the environment. Well, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you have to be a steward of this world, but that doesn't mean climate change is something that we're responsible for. So we have all this going on, this war on Christianity, this war on conservatism, and it's not going to stop until we stand up against it. I'll be back on the other side of the break. Stick with us. This is Adrian Slade. I want to get one last question in sure. here because it is a story, a very important story in the news. It has to do with Molly Tibbetts, the young woman in Iowa who was murdered. Her body believed to be found yesterday. A person has been charged with it. This person is an undocumented immigrant. Um, Mike Pence and the president have suggested the immigration laws need to be stronger so that people like this man who was accused of this murder were not in the country. Your reaction? You know, my, I'm so sorry for the family here, and I know this is hard, not only for the family, but for the people in her community, the people throughout Iowa. Um, but one of the things we have to remember is we need an immigration system that is effective, 
that focuses on where real problems are. But Fox News is talking about, you know, a girl in Iowa and not this. Senator Warren. <laughs> That's a U.S. senator shrugging off the death of somebody's daughter. The other part of that clip was a professor from academia and speaking about uh, how on Fox News, they're not focusing on how the president uh, of the United States, while during his candidacy, used corporate funds from his own company to pay off a booty call and to keep her from throwing out infidelity charges during his campaign, which is awful as that is, which is despicable as that is. <laughs> she still can't even mention Molly Trebet's name. Just some girl. You know, it's it's not as though her name wasn't trending on social media, but that's how that's not how they view the little people. Right there, Liawatha? You know, right? Chief running mouth, Focahontas Elizabeth Warren. You gotta crack a few eggs to make that omelet for the rest of the nation. That's democratic socialism in a nutshell. It always leads to totalitarianism, to a totalitarian elite class. You know, it has to sacrifice a few for the greater good. That's how it always works. But, you know, no sweat off their back. Some citizens may have to die in order to maintain open borders for cheap labor and Democrat Party votes. I mean, you know, who are you to stand in the way of that? <laughs> Don't worry about the sanctity of life. You know, not all lives matter, I guess, especially when it's a Caucasian girl. But there are some who were worried about the safety of even a Caucasian woman, but they were so blinded by their own third-wave feminism that they've missed the point in the details of the entire situation. Let's not worry about the legality of the individual committing the murder, you know, or whether or not he should have even been in the borders of the country. It's toxic masculinity. This is from Simone Sanders. Not only was she a Harvard fellow and a contributor for CNN, she was also Bernie Sanders' spokesperson. Yeah, listen to what she had to say about Molly Tibet's uh, murder. Molly Tibet was murdered because she told a man to leave her alone while she was jogging. Her murderer happens to be an undocumented immigrant. This isn't about border security. This is about toxic masculinity. Molly Tibet's lost her life because a man couldn't take her saying no, full stop. Her murderer actually might not even be undocumented. Regardless, it is problematic for people to characterize an entire community based off the actions of one person. The majority of mass shootings in America carried out by white men. Anyways, back to the tweet. So are we going to round them all up? That logic is asinine, archaic, and flawed. I'd love if we could have a real conversation about how women's lives are literally in danger because some men do not know how to check their egos. How many more women have to die before we address this? Yeah, about the undocumented part, he was undocumented, but that was because, you know, he was able to slip by E-Verify because he conducted identity theft. <laughs> it's not that he was just simply undocumented. Oh, where did I put that... Uh, Citizenship application. Oh, darn. I left it on the kitchen counter. Shoot, darn. Oh, got to get around to filing those documents at some point. Also, it's racist to assume that everybody here illegally is, as the leftists call them, brown people from Latin America. You know, here in the East Coast, we have a Russian 
workers program where people from Russia that are in college, they come over, they apply. Um, they end up applying for jobs here during the summer. They work in, in hospitality and, and what have you. And then the next thing you know, they spend the other half of their time period here seeing the country. That's one of the reasons why they enacted this program. But do you know how many people have just dipped out? Just, oh, I'm out of here. I know of some by name. <laughs> I mean, years ago, they bailed out. And then some, you know, the females, they would shack up with some, you know, homely guy. Then, oh, you're a citizen because you got married. Hey, welcome to America. So don't even think that that's the crux of it all. How about some from the Middle East? Maybe even some that are members of ISIS. Yeah, this is from Hot Air. The federal government coordinating with the Sam, uh, Sacramento's Sheriff's Department is to be commended for nabbing Omar Amin a couple of days ago. He was wanted in Iraq for participating in ISIS attacks and murdering an Iraqi police officer. So we can chalk one up for the good guys. But ever since the details were made public, people have been increasingly fixated on one question. How did this guy make it to California and be granted refugee status in the first place? CBS 13 spoke to three main refugee assistance groups in Sacramento to ask about their vetting process, but they all declined to be officially interviewed for the story. The program helps settle hundreds of refugees each year. Many are from war-torn countries such as Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan. Now, Amin fled Iraq in 2012, arriving in Turkey. There he applied for refugee status, claiming he was fleeing violence in his home country. So how did he get to show up in California? You know, this this kind of uh, vetting process or lack thereof is how Molly's killer was able to be hired by a farm run by a squishy rhino Republican in Iowa. Just fudge the questions. Unbelievable. You know, just steal some identity, run through E-Verify, get hired. But that's how Trump um, was able to resonate with the voters over his claim of building the wall. How about in Colorado, since we're going to sit there and talk about getting rid of ice, how about in Colorado where they dug a tunnel under a KFC in Colorado and had the tunnel go all the way to Mexico? Unbelievable. Yeah. And it wasn't Mexicans digging from their side and just stumbling on, tunneling right into a, a KFC. The manager of the KFC actually had, had uh, or the owner of the KFC, had all types of drugs on them. And that's when they searched the place and found the tunnel. So this is a cooperation that needs to be handled by enforcement. A wall isn't simply going to fix this process. You know, but hey, let's, uh, you know, let's flip on a progressive news channel. How about that? Let's turn on MSNBC and hear what they have to say because they're now going to resonate all of this against Trump because Trump was able to resonate with voters of, over his, you know, heavy illegal immigration stance. But this, again, this is the most vocal president, at least in real time, that we've had in recent memory, right? He is the leader of the free world. Oh, no, he's not. He's not the leader of the free world, but sorry. Well, <laughs> by default, he's the leader of the free world. Angela Merkel's the leader of the free world. <laughs> so Angela Merkel is the leader of the free world, not our president, huh? That's a New York Times reporter. How is her leadership in Germany and their immigration policy working out these days? Well, here's an interesting story from Fox News. German prosecutors said that they're investigating a 19-year-old Yazidi woman who survived an ordeal as an ISIS sex slave. Claims she ran into her jihadi captor in Germany. Wow. Small world. 
You're just walking around. You've been freed from ISIS as a sex slave, and you take a little trip to Germany, and, wow, there you go. You run into your captor. How's it going in Macron's France, huh? How about the terrorist attack that just happened where, where people were fatally stabbed, one person was seriously injured, and ISIS claimed responsibility? Hmm. You know? And, and the funny thing is, they said that this gentleman who, they or this terrorist, Oh, he was, they described the attacker as having important psychiatric problems. Have you noticed the theme of terrorist attacks lately? It's always, oh, well, he had a mental issue. No, he had an Islamic extremist issue. He didn't have a mental issue, but that's the new thing to run with. But thankfully, the elusive or semi-elusive Jeff Sessions has, you know, immigration in his crosshairs because they are now going back and opening up Old cases for review, tons, 8,000 cases that have been shelled by immigration officials for administrative reasons. They're opening them up, they're reviewing them, and they're starting to crack down. So that's what's going to have to happen. Security. You don't abolish ICE. You don't get rid of your enforcement. You can't just build a wall. You're going to have to build a wall and enact a lot of other things. You know, you're going to have to enact technological advances to track those coming across the border. You're going to have to do enforcement. That's all there is to it. You're going to keep people from building tunnels from KFCs into Mexico so they can run drugs, because that's where a lot of these illegal aliens are coming from. They are part of the drug trade, and we covered that on a previous show. So hopefully immigration is going to be focused. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can listen to us every weekend on Mojo Five O, the new platform for libertarian, conservatarian, conservative talk. Also, check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Spotify, and various other podcast platforms. Get the free Roku channel in your streaming store. Also, you can donate patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show, $2 a month or whichever amount you wish. You can also check out the blog, adrianslaveshow.com. We'll see you guys next time.